want to start this morning by sharing with you a, a true story about two speakers, each invited to the same church to share. The first speaker came, and, and he, he was just put together. He had just the right outfit on, his colors matched. He was very articulate. He had a message that was well put together, and uh, he just did a great job. And when he finished, he dismissed in prayer, and the congregation was just buzzing. What a powerful speaker this man was. How powerfully he presented the gospel. What a wonderful, wonderful man he must be. Well, the next Sunday, another speaker was invited. Now, he too looked rather dapper, and uh, he too had a message that homiletics, he did his job, he had his main points and his one, two, threes, and, and all of those subtopics, all of those things. He did a great job. He was articulate, presented well. And after the message was over and the amen was said, the church was just buzzing. Only there was a little difference this time. Instead of saying what a great speaker he was, they were saying what a great Lord that we serve. How wonderful and amazing is Jesus Christ and the gospel that we are so privileged to share. Well, this morning I want to share with you for just a few moments about a successful journey. And what is a successful journey? And, and I, before I get there, though, which speaker, though both were good men and both loved the Lord, but which one do you really believe had a successful journey in his presentation? Number two, yes. Which congregation do you believe also participated in a successful journey? Number two. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you will be glorified, you will be honored, you will be magnified. Your word will not just be word spoken, but it will be a living word that there will be an impartation that will take place and you will rise up within your people for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. A successful journey. Well, one definition of a journey is an act of traveling from one place to another. You took a journey this morning when you left your home, and you came here. You, you had a place that you left. You had a destination that you, you hoped to arrive at, and you accomplished that. Well, another definition of a journey is a process. It's a change it, that provides many, many experiences along the way. Well, we want to look today at a journey that God Himself, God Himself through Jesus Christ has set before us to live. He doesn't make us live it. He doesn't compel us to live it. But He extends the invitation to live it. And we'll see that it's, it's, a, it's a great invitation before this morning is over, I pray. In this journey, I believe that we see at least four things that we will encounter and be a part of. First thing is God's timing. I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I have good intentions with timing, but it just doesn't always quite work out the way that I think. I, I don't always keep on schedule, but God does. God's always on time. He's never late. He's never early. He doesn't sit anxiously waiting something. He is just sovereign and in absolute control. God's timing is a gift that He gives us as we journey with Him through this life in Jesus Christ. The second is God's plan. 
I, you know, uh, Pastor Brian, I, I haven't spoke in a little while. And uh, my wife said, Larry, you're quiet. And I said, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> I, I, I want, I, I don't want to be like the first speaker, but I want you to like me. And, and if you don't, please don't tell me. Okay, put your, put your mask on and just hide it, okay? <laughs> put you, okay? But, but there's, there's God's timing and there's God's plan. A glorious plan, a wonderful plan, a good plan. And then there's God's changes. Though God himself never changes, there's not even a shadow of turning, the Bible says. Uh, in God, he just does not change. He is who he is. And he was yesterday, and he is today, and he will be tomorrow. But there is God's changes. And if you look back, if you walk with the Lord for any length of time at all, and you look back at the day you started and where you sit today, change has taken place. And I want to declare by the truth of God's Word that where you sit today, and by God's grace, you are here, we are here, Six months, a year, two years, however long it is, change will occur. And it will all happen within the framework of God's timing and God's plan. Now, here's the one I'm excited about. And when Pastor Brian was talking about end times and the last, last days, I'm excited about that because I, I believe that it, it's closer than it used to be. And, and I have a great hope by God's grace if doctors like Dr. Jonas and other doctors can keep me going by God's grace... I want to be here when he says it's done. The time is now. So it's God's completion. Four things. God's timing, God's plan, God's changes, and God's completion all add up to and equal a successful journey. I'd like to share a story with you. Uh, it's a humorous story, I think, but it, it's about a father, it's a mother, children, and a monkey. Well, there was a, a horrible crash, car crash, auto accident. And when the police arrived at the scene of the crash, they found the father, the mother, and the two children unconscious. unconscious. The only one that was alert and awake was the monkey. The police officer became rather frustrated because he had nobody to talk to. He, he couldn't inquire as to what happened, what was going on at the time of the crash. And so finally, in desperation... And somewhat timidly, he looked at the monkey and said, what was going on when the auto crashed? Well, much to his surprise, the monkey answered. And so the monkey said, the father, when the crash took place, and the monkey did this. Okay? And the officer said, what about mom? And monkey goes. What about the kids? What were the kids doing? And monkey goes. So there was texting, there was talking, and there was quarreling, there was fighting going on between the kids. And then finally, the officer said to the monkey, what were you doing? And the monkey goes. Well, I don't know a lot, but I know that if the monkey's driving the car, there's going to be a crash. 
I don't know a lot, but I know that if we think we control our lives and we set about with that attitude, there's going to be a crash. Well, in this journey that we all are on, there's not one person in this room today or watching that is not on a journey that does not have the same invitation from God Himself through Jesus Christ by the power of His Spirit revealed in the truth of His Word and said, let's go. Let's take a journey. Well, in this journey, I know that you have, I have, experienced good and bad. Joy and despair. Pleasure and pain. Laughter and crying. Success and failure. And there are many other things that go on, but that's all part of the journey. But the truth that we want to explore this morning and look at, none of those things determine whether or not you have a successful journey. Some of the times that I've grown the most in my relationship with God is when my heart was broken. And some of the greatest healings that I've experienced by the grace of God, have come when He begins to mend my heart and heal it. You see, we're forced to come to a conclusion this morning, I believe, that this journey is a big deal. It's not a minor thing that goes on. It's not something that we can casually or should casually or haphazardly Look at and say, okay, that's okay. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It's a big deal. And one of the reasons it's a big deal is because God Himself chose the journey for us. He chose one especially for you. Especially for you and especially for you. And thank God, especially for me. It's a big deal. Because you see, this journey is our life. It is that which will register in the books that are in heaven what goes on and what we've done and how we've handled it and who we've looked to to be driving the car. Your journey is a big deal because it is your life. And because it affects now and it affects forever. Beyond what we can read in the scriptures even. Beyond what we can understand from past. Your journey is a big deal. Well, the challenges and difficulties, as well as the successes of our journey called life. Now, listen, this is so exciting. I want to read it again. The challenges and difficulties, as well as the successes of our journey called life, do not alter the path that God has ordained unto good works. Nothing can change it. Nothing, not good, not bad, not joy, not despair, not success, not failure. Nothing can change the path that God has ordained for you. He does not throw things on the wall and say, I wonder how this is going to work out. The first point that I'd like to, the scripture to bring up, if they would please, is Ephesians 2, the 10th verse. God has a good plan. That's one of the four. He has a good plan. And this is what Paul wrote. He said, for we are God's handiwork. Now, that word handiwork means that, that we're one of God's works. Now, think about that. 
Think what God has done. God created something we call the sun. And if I remember correctly, this wasn't part of it, but I, of the message this morning, but it is. It's, it's like 286,000 miles across, and it's like 27 million degrees hot at the center, give or take a degree or two. That's His handiwork. But we are His handiwork, and we are the handiwork that He said, I love so much that I'm going to send my Son to redeem them and will forgive them for all of their sins. Not only forgive them, but cleanse us from it. And not only cleanse us from it, but to sprinkle our conscience with His blood so we don't have to feel guilty about not being God. We are just God's redeemed. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, that just makes sense that we would submit to that kind of a God. I mean, what if somebody come up and they said, oh, uh, Danny, I, I got a plan for you. Now, this plan is for you to receive $10 billion. And, and by the way, everything you need to be successful, I give it to you, and I guarantee that if you will submit to my plan, if you'll walk in my timing, that you'll accept the changes that I want to take in your life, I will complete this, and you will receive the reward that I have waiting for you. Now, that's for something that Jesus said about though a man gain the whole world and lose his soul, what does it really profit him? But we're talking about everlasting life. We're talking about an eternity of walking in God's plans. See, His plans don't end just because we die. His plans go on forever. You know, my wife told me, I mean, a little side effect here. My wife told me, she said, Larry, there's a clock in the back. She's heard me preach before, okay? <clears throat> now, that's good news. Let me tell you the bad news. With my glasses, I can't tell what time it is, okay? So, so you, you help me, okay? Jane, help me. God's handiwork. The truth is, here's the truth. Now, we, we, the truth is that God will use even what we call a pandemic to demonstrate He's at work, reveal and fulfill His good purpose, in and through His people. You see, we don't have to wait for the pandemic to end to be used by God. We don't have to wait until the pandemic ends to, to grow and mature into the image of Jesus Christ. We don't have to wait until the pandemic ends to do the good works that God has already prepared in Christ long before that we would walk in. You know the best time to do it? right now. Not yesterday and not tomorrow, but right now. The second one, Philippians 1, the first chapter, the sixth verse. We can have confidence in God's plan. Here's what Paul wrote. He said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work, now remember the good work he's talking about, is the same good work that he wrote to Ephesians in the second chapter, the 10th verse. And he said, these are good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. Before you get to the good work, the good work's waiting on you. That's good news. That's good news. 
being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Being, as you are, human, and having experienced failures, one of the toughest times that I've walked through, and possibly you, is that when something began that I had great hope for, that I really put everything in that I thought I had putting it in to it, and it was not completed. And the disappointment at times can, can be overwhelming when we experience that, and we all have. But God says, if you'll follow me, if you'll accept my son, if you'll receive my spirit, if you'll search my word, I promise you that I will complete that which I've started until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, does that mean that God quits? No. It simply means that He has a right, because He's God, to change the order of things. And if you like the book of Revelation, and if you read it, and I love it, we find out that God changed the playing field a few times. Not the rules. He just revealed that things that we didn't know previously. God does nothing halfway. And in your life and in your relationship and in your walk with Him and in my walk with Him, if we get to a place where we feel like this thing is halfway, then I really suggest to us that we fall upon our knees, we lift our hands to heaven, and we cry out to God, Oh God, have mercy upon me. May your grace be sufficient in my life that your plan will be completed. Let's look at the beginning. This is the third one. The journey begins. Genesis, the first chapter, verses 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. At this particular time, God chooses to do what only He can do. There's nobody else. The devil can't do it. The demons can't do it. The good preachers, the bad preachers can't do it. The scholars can't do it. Nobody could do this because they weren't there. Now, let me, don't want to get caught up in this. The devil may already have been there by this time, okay? In verse 2, it says this. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Wait a minute. You're God. Surely you can do better than that. Surely you can create an earth that's not formless, that's not empty, that's not dark. And all you see is just the water covering it. But this last phrase, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, a description of the earth is given there condition of the earth is revealed. Formless, empty, darkness covered the surface of the deep. Is there a problem? There's no problem. How do we know there's not a problem? Because if I see something that fits the description of what he said here, I want to trade it in for something else. 
And don't we do that with our life sometimes? When things are troubled and there's things going on we don't understand, and we've experienced success and failure, ups and downs, ins and outs, good times, bad times. Don't we think the answer is to trade our life in? God doesn't feel that way. And he will help us not to feel that way. Now, here's an interesting thing about this. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters that covered the earth. Now, one thing I did want to say before I go on is, is when I read Genesis 1, chapter, verses 1, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, here, the thought that is there that I truly believe is when God was creating the heavens and the earth, when he was creating mankind in his heart, was his plan for mankind. You see, it didn't cost Jesus in the shed blood for the sun to shine, for the heavens to be glorious and beautiful and beyond understanding. But it cost Jesus and his blood to be shed for you to be able to have a successful journey for these short years that you live upon this earth and beyond. There's no problem. The Spirit of God is hovering. Now, the word hovering is an interesting word, and, and that's a word that's used to describe a mother eagle covering her baby eaglets. The baby eaglets, eaglets are completely dependent upon mother eagle and her commitment to hover over them until the time has arrived for them to be the eagles they were created to be. Now, there's another interesting thing about that word, and I love this. This word can also be translated relaxing. Relaxing. I mean, the Spirit of God doesn't have a, a grip upon the earth that's dark and formless and all this water and everything that looks bad. He doesn't have a death grip on it, so I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go. No. He's just covering that earth, relaxing, knowing that God's plan is coming about. You see, that's the way it is with your life. God gave us His Spirit, not only to rest upon us, but to live within us. And His Spirit will never cry, crisis, problem, the pandemic is here. He simply relaxes. And if we will hear Him, He'll say, Larry, I've got this. We've got this. The plan is a good plan. And we have all the provisions that's needed to be successful. So the next time I, I was going to say you, but let me say I. The next time that I'm in a place where I'm distressed and I'm looking for a way out. I'm looking for that change that I'm talking about. Let me remember that the Spirit of God is hovering over me and within me. And He's relaxing. You know, there are, there's two little songs that, 
Uh, a lot of times I, I have some messages, and I'll apologize before. Dana, I'm sorry that I sing worse than you do. Uh, that didn't sound right, did it, brother? Huh? <laughs> There's this little song, and the Holy Spirit never sings this. Lord, we're just weary pilgrims plodding through this world of sin. You'll never hear God say that. You'll never hear His Spirit bring that thought to your mind or in your heart. Because He is the author of the successful journey. Isaiah 44, 24, the fourth one. We can have confidence in He who planned the plan. See, that's important. It's important to know who planned the plan. There are some people can plan a plan for me, and I just don't get very excited about that at all. And there are others that when they plan a plan, I know they've given themselves to that. Listen to what Isaiah said about our God. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the one who forms you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things. Not part, not some, not in good times and bad times, but in all times. I'm the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself. I didn't ask for help because I didn't need help. Nobody else was capable of doing it. Only I could do it, God says. And spreading out the earth all alone. This is the God that has offered us this successful journey through Jesus Christ, His Son. Revelation, the fourth chapter, the 11th verse says this. You're worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. Not any part of His creation is greater than the Creator. Man cannot distort the creation of God and it be stronger than the God who created man. You're worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they were created and have their being. See, there's another important thing that we need to know about God. God doesn't just get up. I've gotten up some morning, and I would look over at Jane, and I would say, honey, let's, let's, let's go here. Let's go there. And then we got out of bed, and I got a cup of coffee, and, and then we sat down on the deck, and I thought, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter where we go, does it? Let's just stay home. See, God never does things like that. When He says, I'm going to bless you, I tell you, He'll bless you. When He says, I'm going to keep you, He'll keep you. When He says, I will provide for you, He will provide for you. Today, tomorrow, and forever. If this is the God we serve, and it is, why don't we just trust Him to be who He says He is, believe what He said He has done, and what He will do?
You see, we are on a successful journey according to His will. It's God's will that keeps us on track. It's not my will. My will is weak at times, but God's is not. There's not this, again, shadow of turning. He casts the shadow, and that's the way it is. It doesn't change. Relax. Even in a pandemic, relax. Oh, listen, uh, don't do stupid things. You know, stupid things doesn't mean that you're spiritual. <laughs> right? That's right. And I, you know, one of the things, and, and, and I, I love our pastor. And at first I wasn't going to say anything because I thought I'm just saying this because he asked me to preach. And, you know, but, but I do. I love him and his family because he cares about you. And if he cares about you, he'll care about me. Does he want us just to all wear masks because he likes masks? No. Does he want us all to have some distancing, social distancing, just because he likes to see a space between us? No. The very heart of God, I believe, is the heart that's in our pastor. And so I think we can confidently and safely submit one to another here that we will walk that successful journey together. I want to read this to you. I'm only going to be about 10 more minutes and I'll quit because I can't really see the clock, okay? (laughs) This is something that I felt in my heart one morning as I was up. It says this, God wishes to be closely involved in the lives of all who choose Him. Jesus will pay any debt you have to God, cleanse you from all your sin. God will give us His Spirit to establish and build the closeness with Jesus And we will be able to abide in Him, and He will abide in us. God is the giver. He gives to us, even though we misuse. Toss aside. Reject His gifts of grace. He continues to be who He is. A God that gives to those who choose the Good Shepherd. God has made promises, and He will watch over His Word to make sure that it happens just the way He said at the time that He's predetermined, calling for the provisions that He already knows we need to be right there when we need them. Now, I have experienced, as probably you have, God's deliverance by him doing something, we throw this term miracle or this thing that happens and we're, it just removes something that's really bad and we're thinking, thank you, Lord. But I also have experienced where that thing didn't go away. It just lay upon me and its weight was crushing me down. But then the Spirit of God showed up that was hovering over me. He began to rise up. And when I had strength 
not to bear its weight, all of a sudden I could not only bear its weight, I could lift it up and push it aside. It was still there, it just didn't have the same effect on me because the Spirit of God was hovering, relaxing in my life and in your life. Genesis, the first chapter, the 27th, 28th verse. God's promises will not, cannot fail. So God created mankind in His own image. I mean, gosh, we ought to just stop right there, throw our hands up, shout at the top of our lungs, Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. You didn't create me in the image of a tree. You didn't create me in the image of a donkey. You didn't create me in the image of the sun, not in the image of the heavens, but you created me in your image. God's image. What a wonderful thing, glorious thing that God has done for us that we would be created in His image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Sounds like a pretty lofty position in the hierarchy of our God. Sounds like He has a special place for those who are the redeemed. Those who abide in Christ and He abides in them. Let me tell you, no, nobody, nothing. No occurrence can change this. This is forever etched in the heart of God. And He's watching over it, hovering, relaxing. Because He knows it's going to work out. The sixth thing. Proverbs 19.21 there have been times in my life that I've felt that I'm smarter than I feel like I am now. I think I was eight or nine, something like that. You know. Then I got to be 16, and I knew I was smarter than I was when I was eight or nine. I apologize to any 16-year-olds that are here. Okay, excuse me. But Proverbs, the 19th chapter, the 21st verse, tells us another good reason that we should really buy into this plan that God has for us. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's purpose has prevailed, is prevailing, and will prevail. It will not be threatened, and this is why the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, is able to relax. Why would He do all this for us? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish, will not perish, but have everlasting life. He loves us. John, the 10th chapter, the 9th verse says this. Jesus speaking. I am the gate. 
whoever enters through me will be saved. You have no fear, have no concern that if you come to Jesus Christ and if you repent of your sins and you ask him to forgive you, you haven't done too much, you haven't gone too far, you're not too deep or you haven't gone too high. He promises us. It's his plan. It's his will. It's his purpose. It's the completion that he wants to bring about in us and through us. We will be saved. And they will come in and go out and find pasture. If the worship team would come, I have about another five minutes or so, and Lord, I think I'll be done. Now, that word pastor is, is an interesting word. It says, it means, another meaning is that he who is participating in the pastor, who is in the pastor, he will not want for or have a need for needful supplies for the true life. When Jesus said, you will come in and go out, he didn't mean you'll come in and then you'll go back out. Does this feel like your walk sometimes? You'll come in and, and then you'll go back out. He didn't say that. He said, you will come in and you'll go out. I don't know if I'm supposed to be away from there or not. But you'll go out. You'll go out. You know where you'll go out to? All those good works that God has predestined, has already done and prepared for you. And only you can stop it. He won't. Hallelujah. I want to read a story in, in closing. I want you to remember this man's name as we go through this story. It'll be easy because it's the name of our pastor, Brian. He almost didn't see the old lady standing on the side of the road. But even in the dim of the light of day, he could see she needed help. So he pulled up in front of her Mercedes and got out. His Pontiac was still sputtering when he approached her. And even with the smile on his face, she was worried. No one had stopped to help her for the last hour or so. Was he going to hurt her? He didn't look safe. He looked poor and hungry. He could see that she was frightened. Standing out there in the cold, he knew how she felt. It was that chill that only fear can put in you. He said, I'm here to help you, ma'am. Why don't you wait in the car where it's warm? By the way, my name is Brian Anderson. Remember that name. Well, all she had was a flat tire. But for an old lady, that was bad enough. Brian crawled under the car looking for a place to put the jack, skinning his knuckles a time or two. Soon he was able to change the tire. But he had to get dirty and his hands hurt. As he was tightening up the lug nuts, she rolled down the window and began to talk to him. She told him that she was from St. Louis and was only passing through. She couldn't thank him enough for coming to her aid. Brian just smiled as he closed her trunk. The lady asked how much she owed him. Any amount would have been all right with her. She only imagined all the awful things that, that could have happened had he not stopped. 
Brian never thought twice about being paid. This was not a job to him. This was helping someone in need. And God knows there were plenty who had given him a hand in the past. He had lived his whole life that way. And it never occurred to him to act any other way. He told her that if she really wanted to pay him back, the next time he saw or she saw someone who needed help, she could give that person assistance they needed. And Brian added, think of me. He waited until she started her car and drove off. It had been a cold and depressing day. But he felt good as he headed for home, disappearing into the twilight. A few, down, few miles down the road, the lady saw a small cafe. She went in to grab a bite to eat and take the chill off before she made the last leg of her trip home. It was a dingy-looking restaurant. Outside were two old gas pumps. The whole scene was unfamiliar to her. The waitress came over and brought a clean towel to wipe her wet hair. She had a sweet smile, one that even being on her feet for eight months, on her feet for eight months, on her feet for the whole day couldn't erase. The lady noticed the waitress was nearly eight months pregnant. But she never let the strain and aches change her attitude. The old lady wondered how someone who had so little could be so giving to a stranger. Then she remembered Brian. After the lady finished her meal, she paid with a $100 bill. The waitress quickly went to get change for her $100 bill. But the old lady had slipped right out the door. She was gone by the time the waitress came back. The waitress wondered where the lady could be. Then she noticed something written on the napkin. There were tears in her eyes when she read what the lady wrote. You don't owe me anything. I've been there too. Somebody wants to help me out the way I'm helping you. If you really want to pay me back, here's what you do. Do not let this chain of love end with you. Under the napkin were four more $100 bills. Well, there were tables to clear, sugar bowls to fill, people to serve, but the waitress made it through another day. That night when she got home from work and climbed into bed, she was thinking about the money and what the lady had written. How could the lady have known how much she and her husband needed it? With the baby due next month, it was going to be hard. She knew how worried her husband was. And as he lay sleeping next to her, she gave him a soft kiss and whispered, Soft and low, everything's going to be all right. I love you, Brian Anderson. A successful journey. They maybe didn't even know they were on that journey. But the Spirit of God the handiwork that God had done and had prepared them in advance for the flat tire, for the pregnancy, 
for the shortage of money. And his timing brought them all together at the right time. I wonder as we close. Would you stand with me, please? I wonder as we close. Are you the next Brian Anderson? Are you the next lady in the Mercedes? Having been blessed and yet willing to share it. Does God have a plan for you? Does he have a place for you to be at the right time, doing the right thing for the right reason? The answer to that is yes. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, I thank you that you love us. More than I can understand, more than my emotions can express, more than my mind can understand, you love us. And you are committed to us. During this difficult time, a changing time, be with us. But not because you feel sorry for us. And may our request not be because we feel sorry for ourselves. But rather you would hover over each and every one here today. Relaxing. And I'm reminded of what you inspired Paul to write. May your peace guard our hearts. In Jesus' name.